This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith. And now, your host, Kyle Yeomans. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. We are officially... Not just on a Tuesday, but we're two days away from the NFL draft in Kansas City. Welcome into the draft show presented by Miller Lite. We are happy to be with you every day for the rest of the week. How about that? Daily draft shows starting today, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, including our wall-to-wall coverage starting on DallasCowboys.com, 105.3 The Fan, and the Odyssey app. Coming up starting on Thursday, we've got Brian Broaddus, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison, Chris Beam in the back doing a great job wearing a camo Whataburger shirt at the moment. Looking fresh to death. Yeah, that's what it is. It was a Whataburger shirt. Yeah. Okay. You can get it at Academy. Nah, I won't question it now. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you were questioning it? Whoa, she was a question. I thought he looked stunning. No, I do. I just, I was like, dang, I didn't realize, like, the colors. I was like, dang, it's a lot of colors, but the water... That justifies it. makes sense, right? No, they look really cool. Are you getting in combative mode now? Are you getting getting ready this week? What you talking about? Combative mode? I'm not going to be argumentative at all. Yes, you you better. I I want it to be. Thank you. These are the same glasses. Are they the same ones you always wear? Do you all wear? You also accused me last week of like not of shaving for the show and being clean shaven. This is the week I'm not clean shaven. I see. I will Mm. shave probably tomorrow or Thursday. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe now you look more like a TA or something. (laughs) I like the scruff, Kyle. We got the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. Get the playoff beard rocking. It's the playoff beard. Get the draft draft beard. beard. Yeah, Yeah, that's my guy. That's a good way to put it. Two days from the NFL draft. Of course, we talked about lying season last week. Here's where you try and sift through the lies, Brian, because yeah. you got to find out what's happening in front of you mm-hmm. to really give you a clear picture of what's going to happen in 26. Yeah, we had the opportunity to listen to uh, Jerry and Steven and Coach McCarthy speak about it. I, the things that I kind of pulled from that is, you know, you're absolutely right. Jerry's in a situation where, you know, he, he kind of made a little bit of a joke. Hey, trade up, trade back, sit where you're at kind of a thing. Um, you know, and but that's really, really where he's at right now. And you're going to field some calls. You're going to get teams that are going to call you and say, listen, if our guy's not there, we'll be interested in coming back to you if you want to go up. Uh, you know, you kind of get an idea of the teams. You know teams that you have a history of working with. Uh, makes it a lot easier. Maybe Stephen has a relationship. We've seen him make a couple of trades with general managers that he has a, a good relationship with. You just kind of star those guys if you have to get to a spot or you have to go back. The thing that was really interesting yesterday, and uh, Bobby and I talked about this on our Love of the Star podcast, and I'm sure we could talk about it here today. Jerry mentioned the word warts. Mm-hmm. Warts, and you start to think about warts. You think of something that's not very, that doesn't look very pretty. Mm-hmm. It's something that's a blemish, and I think when you start to talk about warts in this draft, if he's, you know, that maybe somebody slides to him, it might be players with warts. It might be a guy like, and I don't think it's just character problem stuff. You know, it, maybe it's a guy that has a Peter Skaronsky, and I'm just mentioning him because he has shorter arms. What about Zay Flowers? He's a smaller receiver, shorter receiver. So what I take from all this is warts could mean just how they, you know, physical traits that could that could make a player slide to them and ha- or have an opportunity to go up. 
So I think you have to be very mindful of that. Maybe if there's a player that they feel like is sliding to them that that has better value than than others believe. Now, because of those warts, the player is to you, yeah. and then you have the opportunity to uh, to make that pick. So, you know, sometimes these pre-draft press conferences, you don't get a lot of stuff. But that was one thing that I kind of picked up. We need to identify those players that might have warts that could get to him at 26. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a look at him. Do you have any, Zach, that, that kind of stick out in terms yeah. of those top-edge pro- well, or top, I, I, can top I, overall prospects? I know prospects? you asked Zach, but yeah. Aisha's one of the first players that Aisha ever talked about was Emmanuel Forbes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On, this, on this show. And it, she very astutely talked about, hey, kind of feel like this is what he can do, A, B, C, and D. And – but Emmanuel Forbes, now do you have to try do you have to trade up? Well, maybe not. Yeah. But could he be a guy that you could select because he has some warts? He's 166 pounds. You know, I don't think he's gonna physically get any bigger. And there's very few these I think there's two players that have been drafted that at that weight mm-hmm. at cornerback, you know, and so there's a there's a wart right there. And so I think that would be one of them that I would mention. And I mentioned Skaronsky with the short arms. Does he get out of the? Does he get out of the top ten? I, I doubt it. But he's got a trait that a lot of teams are saying he can't play tackle. He's got to play guard. Yeah, Dalton so. Kincaid maybe with the back injury. With the back, the injury Some certainly might get would scared with that. Absolutely, that would factor into it. I think Zay Flowers, who they've had in a visit, who's a shorter stature wide receiver. Uh, you could throw in, you know, a, a Kalijah Hansi if yeah, that's a player that they like. There you go. Another shorter, undersized defensive tackle. These are kind of the players that I was looking at. I think Forbes, though, we talked about it before we jumped on. Aisha and I see eye to eye on him. I got Forbes as my 16th best player wow. on my board. I've got him in incredibly high. If he was there at 26, I think he's exceptional value. And to the point that Aisha made early on in the draft show, I felt the exact same way when you watch him. He just looks like a Dan Quinn, Seattle type of corner. The size, the the ability to, to break on the ball, the length, the scrappiness in which he plays with. But you're right, can he put on weight? Yeah. He, he might not have the frame to do that. And you've talked to us, Brian, about some players in your day of drafting where you know there was one guy in particular, I think it was in Green Bay, that he, he had a problem. He couldn't put on weight. Well, that's Shante Carver. The Cowboys picked him That's here. right. Shante Carver because he had uh, the teeth, the problem of the gums. The the thing the, how about okay can I throw another guy at you real quick can I throw Jordan Addison at you sure okay and can I throw yeah. Jordan can I throw Jordan Addison at you because he's 173 pounds you know that yeah, that's that's you know when you when you start to talk about 511 173 would you ever have a shot at drafting Jordan Addison I think some teams are probably saying a little bit of a shorter guy mm-hmm. but a guy that's 173 pounds maybe you worry about that a little bit is that one of those warts. That we're talking about on the opposite end of that, you know, you know, Quentin Johnston is the big guy at the top of that board. But, you know, there's going to be some guys like I say, the Jordan Addison's at 173 pounds. That's that's something that you would you don't normally see for a guy that you would take as a first round wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about wards. I mean, I know a lot of people don't think he's going to fall out the top 10, but Jalen Carter could be looked at as a guy mm, there you for go. sure right. that yeah. has warts, has concerns, has things that you have to go check into and be sure about before you're bringing that gentleman into your locker room, especially if your locker room is well put together at this point. Well, no. Yeah, go I'm going, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just jumped no, in. Go ahead. No, you're all right. Go ahead. No, the thing about I was just thinking because of wide receivers. I'm sorry. Please finish your thought. <laughs> I, I, please finish. I'm nah, sorry. No, no, it's cool. Bringing him in the locker room, you were yeah. saying. Yeah. I was done. <laughs> I was done. Like, yeah, I just he's he was just one of my wart guys yeah. that I would be 
on the fence about, you know, you'd have to check in too before you brought him into the locker room. Yeah, you're, you're, I, I mentioned that. If I was running one of these drafts and I was top 10, I would have FBI. I'd have my FBI Not guy. FBI. I'd have Bush. Get them all no, down have, there. I'd have Butchie in Philadelphia yeah. down there talking to him. How about this? How about Jackson Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. and the medical concerns? Sure. Yeah. With him, is he is he and held? the ten yard split? Yeah. scaring some teams right is now. It, too. Is it? I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the draft. But are we looking at a guy now that? Well, there's there's honestly some medical concerns here. You mentioned it with the back. You know, you mentioned it. You know, with when you started talking about the tight end. You know, there that uh, from Utah. But you know that that that's what I'm saying. These guys, there's some physical, some physical traits that might not lend these teams to want to pick them as high as maybe some of these media scouts have put some of these players. And it's interesting that you you just mentioned all three of the wide receivers, the top wide receivers that <laughs> yeah, are in this draft. All three of them. And what have we heard these last couple of weeks around the media and the scouts and just how the front offices and the media view this wide receiver class very differently? That's a good example of it. Is if you're looking at the, the the unknown information, we do not get the medicals. We can kind of see what trickles out in terms of medicals, but we don't have the full report. And that's kind of the disadvantage that the media is at. So some of these warts aren't going to show up until we see somebody dropping on draft day, until we see one of these players outside of the top 10 or the top 15 that were expected to go there prior. Is there anybody that's on the other flip of that, though, Brian, that maybe is listed below the Cowboys pick at 26? But at some point, it's the traits and the the production is too much to pass up on. Banks from Maryland. Okay. Banks from Maryland, I think, is one of those guys. I think Brian Branch, also from Alabama, yeah. might be a guy that the safety from Alabama might be a, a consideration I there. I love that. that I'll, I'll tell you another one I'll give you. I'll give you B.J. Ojolari from I'm LSU. I think that's another one that you know, we're starting to hear a lot of buzz. Uh, Philadelphia at 10, potentially taking Nolan Smith, the edge from mm-hmm. Georgia. You know, I, I remember when we first started this journey all together here, Nolan Smith was a guy, when the first mock draft started coming out, Nolan Smith, or I was looking at mock drafts, people sending me their mock drafts. Nolan Smith was the predominant player at 58. Yep. And then he went to the combine and did what he did. And I haven't seen Nolan Smith's name at 58 in since the combine. But I, I think there's some people that are – I'll tell you what, I, you, you keep talking about Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Dal, you know, Dalton Kincaid could go before Michael Mayer. I, I mean, that could very well happen. I don't know if the people, the Cowboys, would particularly like that. Yeah. I kind of feel like that they would like Mayer to go. I just, you know, just there's it's kind of vibey right now for me on this one. That vibey. that like if he's there, we got to take him. But do we? Really Brian just used the term vibey. He used it vibey. Well, I very, very vibey. But you know, to me, maybe the maybe the situation with with the love of Kincaid, and this is what I did. I put my I put my rankings next to Dane Brugler's rankings to put him next to Daniel Jeremiah. I have a lot of respect for Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. These are guys like me that have lived this. You know, we're all in the media world now, but, you know, you kind of. Daniel Jeremiah has got Dalton Kincaid in his top 150. He's kind of at number nine. He's at 17 for me. Yeah. He's at 15 for me. See, that's 22 for me. So okay. to me, that's that's a pretty significant. I mean, I know we're talking still kind of first round numbers and mm-hmm. stuff and there's some people out there that think there's only nine to ten first round grades for a lot of these teams mm-hmm. that maybe now does that now is there any reason to move up if there's only nine or ten no. names if you're the dallas cowboy fan no you know is there any reason is you know because 
if you know Jerry and Stephen were trying to talk about yesterday, uh, fifteen. What they have last year? Fourteen, fifteen names last year. Sixteen, sixteen yeah. names. Okay, if they have fourteen, and if teams are talking about only nine first round grades, hmm, stay put, stay put, see what you can get. How low is that? That's really that's that's, that's got to be one of the lowest. I, I, myself, I have twenty, but the, you know, I'm one of these guys that I see the I see value in players like mm-hmm. running backs. The yeah, Bijan Robinson, the Gibbs. I see value in that. I see value in. Uh, I see. Uh, I see some value uh, of having a guy like. And and I I know me personally, Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee. You know, a lot of people. Oh, he's a second round guy. I had him at nineteen on my board. Got him at eighteen. If you look at if you look at Darnell Wright as compared to Dane Brugler. He's 24. You go to Daniel Jeremiah, he's 18. Yeah, see, I have 24 on him. Yeah, so see, there you go. So, so you don't have a first-round grade on him? Yeah, I have, he is he's literally the, the, the first number two grade. Okay. I have 23 first-round grades, so yeah. I went a little bit heavy. Nolan Smith's that for me at 21. Yeah, my first second round player, yeah. Darnell Wright, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. So that you know, if, if you only have nine nine grade, that's that's that's. Really, really low, and it might have to do with these wide receivers. You traditionally see teams put, you know, maybe two, three wide receivers in the first round, and maybe they're not looking at these receivers like the the, the media scouts are. You know, maybe you know, maybe that one of those receivers with warts that we're talking about gets to Dallas at twenty six. Well, and we're talking about Darnell Wright as a back half of the first round player too. All of us in mm-hmm. those grades outside of maybe Dane Brugler, but there's buzz right now that he could go top fifteen. I mean, he's another guy that because of that flex, because of his strength in the SEC and his production and tape, he could go as high as fifteen or sixteen if he really wanted to. So that's another guy that's kind of on the the, the guy the guy that's getting a lot of drive. And I think again, this is another guy that Aisha brought up from Illinois was was Witherspoon. Sure, yeah, Witherspoon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when we started talking about the tight uh, about the uh, about the cornerbacks and stuff, I remember Aisha bringing his name up. Like, oh, I watched this kid Witherspoon, and I think I was a little bit behind on that myself. But again, you look at him. He Daniel Jeremiah top five on his one fifty. Dane wow. Brugler at nine. Myself thirteen. So uh, at 13, I mean, yeah, he, he's 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 going to be one of these guys that could very well go up in the top. He could you know, be the, the first corner taken. He very uh, well maybe could the be. Lions could snag him. Yeah, he definitely could be the very first corner taken. Uh, but Christian Gonzalez is someone that I feel like is depending on the team is high for some people. I think if I'm not mistaken, some of the Falcons folks really are very high on him, and yeah. you know they have picks early in this draft, so. He's a guy to keep looking at too. From what? From Oregon. From Oregon. Right? Yeah. There's. There you go. Me eleven. Dane at five. Daniel Jeremiah at ten. Mm. So I we're got all him at ten. Yeah. We're all kind of. I mean, got him very high. I've got I, him at six. See that, but that's I not like a problem. I, as long as you do the work. As, as yeah, long as you're doing. I got Joey Porter Jr. at seven. So I'm. I'm with you. Joey Porter's you eleven for me. So yeah. You I think kind of sliding? It looks like it. Who? Joey Porter. But I think that's because. I think I think a lot of it is because there's a lot of there's a lot of good there's a lot of corners yeah. early like that early that can go early yep. in this draft and with him I know at the combine he was a favorite and I think he was a favorite just you know because of the the, the lineage and all that yeah. stuff but I don't know when you look at Witherspoon and you look at Joey Porter Jr. like who are you picking there? Mm. 
I'm taking I'm taking Porter myself. I, I'm, I'm taking Porter personally. as well. Me personally. But, <laughs> okay. but that depends. But, see, but it depends on what you. It's a flavor of yeah. ice cream. I feel like different yes. teams have different systems, the way they run things, the way they want to do things. And, I mean, if you want a guy that's close to the line of scrimmage and can do, I think Devin Witherspoon is fine in coverage, but close to the line of scrimmage, he's a dog. He's disrespectful. He wants to be, he wants to tackle, be physical, make his presence known. Yeah. Joey Porter Jr., I think, has more flexibility. I don't, I don't know how much we've talked about this, but this brings up a really good point because there are position groups in this class that are deep. you got corner, you've mm. got tight end, mm-hmm. running back. All three of those positions are in play at 26 for the Cowboys. Does it deter you at all knowing at 26 you might pick up a guy that is an impact player, but you could also pick up the same position, same impact player later on? Does That, that encourages me. That encourages me because then I never feel like I got wiped out. Sure. You know, I mean, that's the encouraging thing I look at it. I'm like, I'm thinking, all right, I missed out on my tight end, Mm. but I can grab one. I could grab one in the third or I could grab one at 58 that that would be uh, comparable to what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying it's like that. I'm not. There is a difference. There is a difference. And I'll say this. There's a difference between B. John Robinson and Gibbs. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. But, you know, but. If you're one of those guys that you miss out, you need a back, and you miss, say you do miss out on Bijan Robinson, you're thinking, damn, I feel good about Gibbs. So I think that's why people are talking about Gibbs. And, and Todd Archer and I were having this discussion, and, and I thought it was pretty funny. Archer goes, he goes, man, he goes, Peter King and these guys are talking to people about Gibbs being over Robinson and stuff like that. He goes, that's a damn lie. You know, I don't know how you can watch film. And I'm like, well, maybe because of. Maybe because of the the way he catches the ball, maybe the way he blocks and and stuff. But like I said, I I think there's I think there's certain positions on this board that you could feel really comfortable about if you miss your guy. Because we always say, I don't know if you could circle back. Henley, the linebacker from Washington Great State. Point. I yep. don't know if I could circle back in the third round and get him. Nope. No. I don't. I don't no. believe he's going to So, it, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe that's one of those spots. And maybe it's to Aisha's point about the linebackers, too, that that maybe that class is not as deep. But if you want a guy like Henley from Washington State, you might have to go early. Just reach. You got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I wouldn't agree. call it a reach. I think they're really good. I, think I, they're good. I like them, but you're taking them higher than you probably have them on your board. Yeah. But I get it because you're not going to make it on the on the comeback around. I feel that way about guard at 26. Yeah. You know, if they don't take the guard in the first round, I don't know that you're going to get a Torrance or an Avia or a Malk end up making it to 58. Yeah, but see, the thing about it is – you know, we we bring up Zavala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We bring up Zavala, and we're like, how much do you think they really like Zavala? Do they like Zavala in the third round? Do they like Zavala in the fourth round? Yeah. That's the question you have to ask. Whew. And then um, Mafi, the, our kid from UCLA. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's another one. To me, that's I, – I don't think – I think media scouts are missing out on him. I think the media no, scouts are – I think Mafi's really good. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard – Would you some... take him in the fourth round? I would take him in the fifth round. I wouldn't okay. take him in the fourth. I would take Anthony Bradford before I took Moffey. Okay, I see, too. I have Anthony Bradford like in the third. Yeah, I have him But in see, the third. now, but to your point, when we started this journey, there was only a couple of guards we were really talking about, right? right. Sure. We were talking about uh, Abila and we were talking about Torrance. Uh, Torrance. Yep. Yeah, and those were the two. And then all of a sudden, the more we worked, the more we thought, wow, there's some other one of these 332 pound guards that can, you know, that can play. But see, I, I wonder 
you know, Zavala, I wonder if they think guard only there. Mm, not the fl- yeah. I mean, because these other ones that we're kind of taking or talking about could maybe play other positions. Flex, yeah. Darnell yeah. Wright. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do have a question. We haven't mentioned him much at all here, but uh, Tyler Steen from Alabama. Yeah. Good player. Let's talk uh, about him because I, I wanted to bring him up specifically. What do you think about him? No, no, go on, Kyle. You no, I, him up. I want you to say the scouting report. Yeah, no. Um, so I was, I was looking at him. So he looks the part. Yeah. Like he looks like a guy that you want playing that position. Um, I said he gets out of his stance quickly. He has a good sense of when to drop his anchor, when, when to drop that. Yeah, <laughs> when to drop that ass. Um, and once he does, he typically wins. I like his I like his hand placement. Um, a lot of what Jameer Gibbs w- did was b- behind him, was mm. was coming off of that left side and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I feel like he also, but I feel like sometimes he plays forward, like on yeah. his toes. Oh, you got him. Uh, and he, and that can, I mean, you'll see him. I don't like seeing, listen, I don't like seeing offensive linemen on the flow. Mm-hmm. I don't like seeing them on the ground. What you yeah. on the ground for? Yeah. So, yeah. unless you pancake somebody, but there's times where he's leaning forward, I, I would describe it, and he loses his footing. But for the most part, I mean, he showed his tail at the senior bowl, gun up his, some of the, the better the better um, DNs, stood up Will McDonald, which yeah. is not easy yes, to do. No. Um, so, no. I, he's a Vanderbilt transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alabama was good to him for his development. It looks like he he got better at the position by transferring to Alabama. Let me ask you this. He has he has 32-inch arms, which is short for the position. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that his lean forward and his footwork is a direct comparison or a direct correlation, rather, to where his short arms are and how he he's does. having to overcompensate. Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I do. I think. I think he does struggle with uh, DNs that have you know more length that have the longer arms. Right. Just trying to. He's trying to engage with them, but his timing is off. So I. I. Um. I feel like his. Oh, but his power, his mix of power and technique are good. Mm. Like I feel like he has. I know that's something that Brian is very particular about. About guys having power, but also too like I want him to have some technique. I want his hands to be okay. And I like how I like how he gets inside guys' pads. I really do. So he's a guy that I had I just started paying attention to a little bit more. And I feel like I, even though he's listed as a tackle, if you wanted to maybe take him um, in the what third, I wouldn't be. I would be totally okay with it. That's where I had him as a third round. Grade. Yeah, I'm high fourth. Okay. Yep. So what I mean, about the about same. Uh, I mean, I I liked him for the most part. I I did worry because Brian, you talk about this. He catches. You yeah, know, with his blocking. Yeah, that's, that's that's. I did think that he catches a little bit, but I love he gets mean in the run game. Okay. He gets knocked back. I think he can bend and adjust to blitz pickups and stunts. He wasn't great when he has to get out in space, yeah. but you know, yeah, I, I, th- that might be something that you don't always have to ask him to do that, especially if he's playing left tackle. He hits his mark consistently. I thought he had good upper body strength, solid in his pass sets, solid movement. He wasn't always to kick out wide enough to pick up speed rushers or a blitz from the edge, but I thought he had a lot of ups. Side, I actually like him more than Warren uh, from Pitt. Okay, yeah, I, I see that. I have him above Warren too. Me too. Yeah, Me the too. thing, the thing, you guys, you guys got the player nailed. I mean, you, you, you got, you know, what? You, but the thing about it is, like I say, it takes everything in his power. Yeah, to keep that guy off that quarterback. I mean, off the edge. I mean, there are times where he is really like he's got on a motor scooter. You know, he's having to really hustle to try and uh, <laughs> to make that take care of that. So I, they got him absolutely right. And you call you say it's called catching. Catch. Yeah, you know, sometimes the, the whole idea, what you want to do, the whole idea of like with arm length and stuff like that, is when you punch, is you go for control. So you 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 punch to get them off your body. You don't want them to grab your pad and then be able to yank you or swim you 
or pull you. So what you do is the punch that buys you the separation, and then it lets you, as you would say, drop that ass, <laughs> and then and then that way you can control them that way. Okay. But when you you get guys that are like belly to belly blockers, and they get real tight, and they control that way. But the whole idea is to try and extend, and so they can't grab you to counter your punch. So you think that his short arms make? Because that's one thing I noticed about him is like when he's blocking guys, yeah. he's up in here with it, like like you were just describing. Right. And so do you think that's a result of his arms not being long enough? Like it Kyle it, was it could about? be. It could be. It, like he, he could be in a situation too where he feels like he's strong enough that if he just catches, he can control. That reminds me a lot of Tyler. Ooh. Yeah, early Tyler. Early, early Tyler. Like no, Tyler. No, no, no. You're, you're not, you're not that, wrong. When you looked at film on Tyler, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. And that's how he got penalized. Right, the holding calls. No, 100. Absolutely. absolutely. So, but you, we've seen that with some good coaching, yeah. it, it can work out. It yes. can improve. But Steen's a guy that's got upside for he sure. He still has. He, yes, he's got absolutely. room to grow. He has room yep. to grow. It, and I, that's one thing I noticed about him. It's but the yeah, first line I had on my my scouting report is there's still room to grow. Mm-hmm. But you have heavy hands, quick feet, and that's right. what you want to see yeah. from an offensive lineman. He moves his feet well. Yeah, but he's got the strength for that early punch. He just doesn't always convert it. Yeah, right. Doesn't always get he's there. Played, if he can bring consistency, yeah. there's room to grow there. He did a he did a nice job at Alabama. Thirty or third round pick, round ninety. Absolutely, I think he would be right in that yeah. value. That would be another spot for you to potentially look at. All mm-hmm. right. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we've got Twitter on the 20. We've got some good questions this week. Everybody's locked in this week. It's, it's draft the best week, week of the baby. Year, baby. Let's roll. Twitter on the 20 coming up next on the Draft Show. Miller Lite is the light beer brewed for people who love the taste of beer. For those who are always the first to volunteer for beer runs. Who hit up tailgates for sports that they don't even like. And believe having a beer fridge in the garage is non-negotiable. It's a 96-calorie, 3.2-carb love letter to beer lovers who know that the best part of beer is the beer part. (sighs) Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin Beer. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages, with pre-game sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're looking for a full-time or part-time job, check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at libertytax.com hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Miller time. And you can head to the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival, presented by Miller Lite, Saturday, May 13th. From 2 to 7 p.m., enjoy a variety of tacos and food truck options while you sip on cold drinks and listen to live music, admission, and parking for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival are free. Visit attstadium.com slash tacos and tunes for more info. I ain't going to hold you. I was definitely like... Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> Tacos and tunes. Sign me two, up. Two to seven. I've got a flight that day. I'm, that's the day I leave for my honeymoon. So, mm. oh, she probably not. Why don't you roll about roll by the parking lot? I would love to, but you should kick off the honeymoon there. The flight's at twelve thirty. I'm not gonna be important. there. Them tacos Dang will it. be there. Yeah, no. I, was, I guess the mayor. Happy I was, wife, happy life. Excited for that. Dang it. All right. Uh, whatever. Let's go to some Twitter on the twenty. Twitter, Twitter on the 20. 20. All right, this first question comes from Seth. Nobody gets more amused with that nope. than you. In 11 years, 12 years of doing this, nobody gets more <laughs> amused than you. Twitter, Twitter, That's my jam. Dave used to love it, too. Dave he would did. get into it a little Dave bit. Dave would get into it, yeah. yeah. All right, Seth says, the Cowboys doctors had the surgery done on Syracuse corner Garrett Williams, which yeah. is likely a Friday pick, recovering nicely from an ACL that he suffered last season. He's expected to be cleared by July after the procedure was done by Dr. Dan Cooper. One of the best in the league. No doubt about that. Do you think that could heighten his chances as a third-round Cowboys target and would love a breakdown of Garrett Williams himself from the group? We'll start with Brian. I'll tell you what, though. I, I, he's 5'10". He's 192. I love his toughness. I love his willingness to be part of the action. I think he's a physical player. I do think he sees the field well. He's quick to read, react to the play. I mean, you, you, it's, it's, he's a hard guy to fool. You know, I was watching. They kept trying to throw at him, he, and he just wasn't going to bite on anything. He's he's not going to give you any ground on that. I mean, he does a good job of staying in position and routes. You'll see him come off his man in order and make the play. He's got a nose for the ball. Um, that eight that ACL thing that was a that was an October thirty first, and uh, you know, and that he was done at that point. So. You definitely need to see how those medicals. The fact that Dr. Cooper did it, the la- Dr. Cooper did uh, Jalen Smith's surgery. Yeah. And they took Jalen Smith. Dr. Cooper will be able to be able to tell them, like, hey, no, this kid will be fine, ready to go. The playing ability there, the skills there and stuff, you do worry a little bit about that ACL when you're starting to talk about a cornerback in that, in that particular position. He's not a corner that I would like to pick. Wow. There, there's a lot of other corners in this draft that I had over him. But he, Brian's right. I mean, he is physical. He'll throw his body in to try and tackle in the run game. I just worry about his deep speed. I, I had a note. I think he's going to get beat downfield in the NFL. He gets stacked. He gets boxed out of the play. He gives up bad body positioning. You know, maybe these are things he can improve. He does have good footwork off the line of scrimmage, and that was something that I liked about him. But in a really deep corner class, there's just 
so many guys I would rather have before I considered taking Garrett Williams. Yeah, you talked about the, the top speed, the ability to turn and run. That's something I especially – with the ACL type thing right. I worry about. Yeah. He, he does have some flexibility. I think he could play nickel also too, but what I worry about more than it, well, one thing I liked about him is that he wasn't super penalized. He's not super handsy, yeah. but I, I don't know, like, like you, I'm worried about the ACL turning, changing yeah. how he can mm. turn and run. The redirection. I'm going to tell y'all something. Like, as somebody that's disabled and I go through hip stability stuff and training and I've been in therapy for almost three years, I did not realize how difficult it was to flip your hips and run like that. Mm. Like, these guys' bodies are not – it's not normal. Right. It's not normal. to Those drills you see them doing at the combine it's and stuff. It's incredible. To do it, to physically do it. They make it look easy. They make it look easier than what it really is. And it's it's crazy to me because it made me – like, my recovery made me realize why some corners, as their career goes down, they can't turn and run the same yeah. way. It's because that flexibility in your hips just changes or that, that push-off you get. And so when you talk about an ACL, I worry about how explosive he's going to be because his footwork, like you're saying, is one of the things that I think makes him good. Sure. Makes him appealing. So I'm worried. I don't like it. No, that's – I don't like it. That's fair, though, because if that's his calling card, if that's his cornerstone to his game – and all of a sudden that's taken out, then you're getting a different prospect. Yeah. You're getting a different guy. Yeah, so it is a worry. Yeah. But I, going back to what Brian said initially, Dr. Cooper's the best in the business. Yes. He is. And yeah. if they're no doing doubt. it, if they're doing the surgery, they're going to know maybe the they feel, Absolutely. They, maybe they feel like, I mean, they kind of have a record. Like maybe they see potential in this gentleman. Sure. Maybe post injury or whatever the case may be. So I do have corners ahead of him. But think, think about last year, Damone Clark and the. Combine, there was an injury discovered by the Cowboys team yeah, doctors absolutely. in Indianapolis, and he ends up on the Cowboys roster. It doesn't always happen. They look at 400 prospects a year, Millions. but it happens. It happens every once in a while. Just keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Ken Green asked, can we get a tell me more about Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver from Ole Miss? Like what he saw, but nobody seems to be talking about him, says Ken Green. So we're going to talk about him. Zach, you do yeah, Jonathan Mingo, I've got now. He's a he's a thick wide receiver. He's he's one of the bigger 6'2", ones. 220. Yeah, and, and you don't have a lot. He's got a strong lower body. He can block on the outside in the run game. He finds the opening in zones. He's got really strong hands. I loved watching him catch the ball in traffic. He gets yak. He can break some tackles. Now, doesn't always get separation. Yeah, that was one thing about him. I would have liked to see more production out of him, but he's a bigger wide receiver that you can also kick in, play in the slot. But he takes a little bit of time to get to top gear. Needs to just go straight line and just haul ass if you want to hit him deep. But he is an intriguing player. And if you're looking for more of the height and weight measurables that you typically see in a smaller draft class at wide receiver, Mingo is one of those guys that people are going to look at. He is fun. I mean, I, I did like him. I'll tell you what, once again, I think you nailed him. I, I, I said he has a hard time finding that second gear. Mm. To, you know, I think he's got good time speed, but he doesn't always play that fast. Yeah. And so this, you know, when you but you do see him extend for balls. His size, the length really helps him in that area. He'll make some tough plays look really easy, which I I, I, I admire that about him. But, you know, I, I saw the routes inside, the toughness, the concentration. I kind of feel like his best football might be ahead of him. I can see that. But it, it, the whole thing about it is he he's very rare in this draft. He's actually a guy that's over six foot at wide receiver, you know. Yeah. So if you're looking for that type of guy, I can see why people are kind of and and Ole Miss has done a really good job of putting 
big receivers into the draft and, and, and having some success. I know DK Metcalf. Treadwell wasn't one of those guys, yeah. but but they've had some guys that have played. Yeah, you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah. Where'd you guys have them? You have them in the fourth, third third round. round. Third, third round. round. Yeah. yeah third I have round. him early fourth. He's my second fourth round grade. I have him at one twenty four overall, which I I still like the player a lot. I think if you were to get him in the third though, I would be down for that. At ninety I'd feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I got I him at 100. Him, yeah, I got him at 71. Dane's got him at 86. Daniel Jeremiah has him at 52. Mm. Ooh, wow. Wow. So that's where you're at there. Question for you guys, since we're talking about Jonathan Mingo. Any uh, similarities in him and Quentin Johnson's game? Uh, what was that? You know, for me, I think Quentin Johnson gets gets. Separation. I thought you were over there trying to duck. Mm-hmm. You're asking a question, oh, then you're going to duck. Oh, she <laughs> ducks. I, yeah. I like Johnston's speed and burst a little bit more I do too. than I do with Mingo, and I do think he's able to get more consistent separation. Mm-hmm. But there are some similarities where they're both big, bodied, strong, wide receivers that are really good after the catch. They are hard to tackle. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the knocks to, to Quentin Johnston's game is he's not that separation type of receiver that some of these other cats are. Yeah, But you look at you look at Johnston specifically, he's still better in that category, mm-hmm. that realm, than a Jonathan Mingo. That's where the difference is. What was Mingo's 40? It was two seconds. It was a 446 four, and six. a 1.54 split. Shows some explosiveness. Yeah, he's got, he's he didn't always play that fast. Right. That's, that's what I was, I, that's that's what what I was kind saying. of thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Could that have risen his stock, the fact that he didn't look that fast? I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, the fact that Daniel Jeremiah's got him at 50, you know, what did I say, 50, whatever it was, 52? 50, yeah, yeah 52. That's where I got me. He's, I got he's, right probably, he's probably talking to some folks about what they really – I think that his stock goes up because he's a big receiver. The same thing and, with Tillman. Yeah. I think I – think Both those guys. You, you will take a shot. At at a guy that's big over a guy that's you would rather bust on a big guy than you would bust on a little guy. I know can, it sounds. We can clip that. Yeah, I know it sounds <laughs> terrible. But, but you're well. But you're right. There I are suppose. scouting terms you could use, and people like freak out. Well, I mean, I, I think that it's a very appropriate term. You can say that any day you want. All right. So let's move on to our next question. Work with these people here. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. You got to have some fun sometimes. Yeah. Sod asked, and this, shaking your head over Brian, there. Brian quote tweeted this uh, earlier this morning. Yeah. But Sod asked, he, he posts this scenario. <laughs> it's a scenario where Bijan Robinson is there. Brian Branch is there. Both of the tight ends, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, Dalton Kincaid from Utah, are there at 26. But ring, ring, guess who's on the phone? It's Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, no. Wanting to trade up from 30. And they know they're, trading they're coming to, you. to get they're trading to your you. pick yeah. for B. John Robinson. They, oh, for B. John? They're coming up to get B. John at oh, 26 from 30. Right off. I'm not doing this. Well, here's the thing. They give you an overpay. In order okay. to try and do it, okay, it's a second round pick that's yep. actually a like a top of the third. It's, it's sixty-two so, overall. It's the it's the what's the last one of the last picks in the second round, and they give you. So next you're moving back fourth. to thirty. Yeah, you're moving down four spots. You're giving you're them picking Bichon. up a three and a four for next year. You're going to get your you're tight picking, end. You're picking up a two this year, okay, and a four for next year. A late two this year and a four next year, wherever that ends. I don't being. know if it's worth having to deal with defending him in that offensive line twice a year. Here's I the thing, agree. Brian, you say— I don't know if it's worth it. you no. got to see him twice a year. Look, no. I, I like the idea of picking up these picks, and I, I think, think there's a lot of meat. I think you need to worry about the Giants doing it. Stop. Don't say At that. At 25? <laughs> yes. Oh, the, the Eagles trading with the Giants? They know you want B. John Robinson Ooh. here. I hope why would they, they trade? Why would they trade to your spot? 
they would they they're going to trade ahead of you because they know you're holding either on a tight end, probably an interior offensive lineman, and 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 if Bijan's there, that you would probably take him. So they're not going to trade to you. They're going to trade to the Giants is what they're going to try and do. They they know the Giants won't take him. You know. Yeah, the Giants definitely aren't taking him. It's just but Todd Archer and I we we talked about this it, it, the same a conversation same conversation like why would the Giants want to play against him twice a year? Yeah, exactly. No, they wouldn't. But um, it, it's it's very enticing to get. So you're picking up sixty two. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot I mean, of players second, right there well, to get a second round pick this year and yeah. this year's See, draft. I like that. This year's is, draft is a. Is it, is so it here's deal? here's players 60 through 65 on my board just for in, interest. Garrett Williams, corner from Syracuse. We just talked about him. Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. J.L. Skinner, safety from Boise State. Devin A. Chain from Texas A&M. Jordan Battle, Alabama. Cedric Tillman from wide receiver, uh, wide receiver from Tennessee. There are names in the back half of the second round, and you keep your pick at 58 too. Well, okay, okay. Let me ask you this. Maybe you do this trade and you draft that 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 Henley from uh, Washington State because I'm going to need somebody to tackle Bijan Robinson. <laughs> well, I've got him at 53. I was about to say, I'll, so I'll be. Okay. You have Henley at 53. Yeah, it's my 53rd best player. I got him at 59, so it's right there. If you take you know, Will McDonald at, at 30 and roll from there, and that'd be perfect because I got Will McDonald as my 33rd best player. So I I, I I like that value a lot, mm-hmm. and and I'm kind of iffy on McDonald. You guys know that, but see, I don't think they would trade to you. I think they would trade ahead Above of you. you because they know that you would take this guy. Dallas, I mean, well, the, the Philly has to know you would take this guy. The Giants aren't going to take this guy. Yeah, but at one point, when does it come down to, all right, where do you have Robinson? You're picking at 26. I've got him as the fourth best player in the draft. Third. So, I mean, when when is it, when is it just like, man, I can't move away from this guy? To get the third or the fourth best player in the entire draft at 26 – Running back, well, be damned. Kyle did the. Kyle did the. the, the, the like I say, Henley at fifty nine on my board. Sam Laporta at sixty. Ooh, yeah, Laporta. Clark, Laporta. Clark Phillips yep. from Utah at sixty one. I got Ika at sixty two. Ty J Spears. Spears Ty J Spears at sixty two. Cedric Tillman at sixty three. Uh, Darius Rush at sixty four. Mm-hmm. That's who you're. Those that's, are good names. Those are really good names. It's, too, it's a lot of good players. I got I, Corey Trice at sixty eight. All right, so. Time's running out. We've got 12 seconds. Brian, are you taking the pick or are you hanging up the phone? I'm hanging up the phone. I'm going to let somebody else be the hero. Pick it. I'm going to pick the guy. I'm going to pick him. I'm going to hope like hell he's there, and I'm going to pick him. He's, I'm, I'm going to do the, the same thing. He's the third best player on my board. I'm doing the same thing, and the Cowboy fans that are upset about it, you're not going to be upset when he's running for 100 yards and nah, a couple of touchdowns on Sundays. All right, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. <sighs> Hanging up the Can phone. Can you number five? The pick? Who's yeah. number five? Is that our punter? That's Brian Anger. I bet That's Anger would give up five. Sorry, yeah, sorry Brian. For, yeah, yeah, pay for it. Yeah. yeah, I'm hanging up the phone. I, I don't want I don't want them having any happiness. Did the question make you think <laughs> about it, though? Did the players? Oh. Did the players? At, oh, absolutely. The players at 62 yep. made you even consider that. Right? Absolutely. I'm because, absolutely considering it. Draft, I would love Tajay Spears there yeah. at 62, and I'd be fine. I would hang up the phone, but I would say thank you for your offer. <laughs> Maybe next year. Click. And then just, that's it. Just, <laughs> we'll be alert. Yes. just be alert if that's a team that the Giants. Watch the Giants. That I would oh. say watch that team. That well, just sounds... running back? No, 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 no. Sw- no just, just dive because they don't want the running back. Gi- I did Giants. I did their podcast. They they're looking at wide receivers. They're looking at corners. That's the kind of stuff they're talking about yeah. over there. 
Okay, one final question. It's now, a great question. That, by it, the way. it is a phenomenal. Like I feel like my heart's pounding. Like mm-hmm. we were in the war room having to make mm-hmm. that decision. Jacob says for Brian and uh, for the rest of the group, please. How does Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame, compare to Jason Witten coming out of college as a prospect? That's a popular comparison. You scouted Witten. Yeah. What do you think about the two, and how do they compare? I think the thing with. I think that when you're when you're talking about both players, and I think the thing with Witten coming out was that I think Witten as a pro developed to even a better blocker, especially earlier in his career. Hmm. But you start to you know Witten was not one of these guys. We've seen him a lot of intermediate, a lot of underneath stuff. There was some stuff that was down the seam, but I think that was a little bit later. I kind of feel like it's the sim- similar skill set. Because you do see Mayer with the crossing stuff. You see him. Witten was one of the better red zone, uh, you know, as he was in the in the NFL, yep. one of the better red zone players. I think Mayer is kind of a good red zone player right now. You know, so to me, that's where you get the blocking. This is where I think, okay, the thing with Mayer, the thing with Mayer is I think he's better as a, as a complete tight end as opposed to the guys you have right now. I think, you know, when you Hendershot and Ferguson and all that, mm-hmm. you see them run the ball behind Mayer and stuff like that. You see that. So, to me, you're getting a guy that they, they can put at the point of attack. He can block. He can make receptions in the red zone. He can run the underneath stuff. You know, that's where I think the same thing with Witten was, you know, Witten was not the most, especially late in his career, he wasn't the most flexible guy. But, man, you start talking about reliable hands, getting first downs, getting open, understanding where he needs to fit in the route and stuff like that. That's why I like Michael Mayer. Now, I don't know if they like Michael Mayer more than me. They might, like I say, they might like the Utah guy. There might be a, a cheer. I'm sure if you if you watch their war room and Mayer, say, goes to uh, the commanders or somebody ahead of them, they might like go, okay, we got a shot at our guy now. We got a shot at we got a shot at grabbing our, our Utah guy there. If yeah. that's what they really if that's the direction that they want to go. Witten's numbers were a little bit better. I think people forget because you kind of have the the recency bias of all right, Witten was kind of a catch go down. Witten had some wiggle to his game. Yes, he did when he first came in. The first, league. right? Yeah, no question. Like Witten, Witten was definitely a a faster, more downfield player in the early portion of his career than he was late. Mayer's got some of that. The issue with Mayer, and this is why I think Bobby knocks him a little bit, like Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave, it looks smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks more fluid. Oh, yeah. It definitely the, does. The athletic, they're more athletic players. This is why, and, and like Mayer's got the nickname Baby Gronk. I brought it up. This is why I comp him to Gronk a little bit. Gronk was a lumbering, sloppy-looking player in the open field. It didn't look pretty. He's ping-ponging and bouncing off of defenders. He's tough to bring down. But what did he do? He caught everything. Yeah. He always is open. He's a big body. He's a pain in the butt to deal with in the run game, right? He's great in the red zone. He led the league in touchdowns how many times? Setting records for tight ends. Mayer's a similar type of player. I'm not saying he's going to be Gronk, but they've got comparisons in their games, and, and Mayer— they lived through that Notre Dame offense at times through him. Yeah. They're dropping back. They got only eyes for Michael Mayer. Late in games, they're trying to make plays. Post routes, Mayer's going downfield. He's catching 30 to 40-yard plays down the field. Don't tell me he's just a turnaround catch, stop, you hit him. No. That's not, that's yeah, not the, that's not the play guy, yeah. that Mayer is. Yeah. He can be a seam threat for you. Yeah, I— my question for you guys is, if you're making the comparison of uh, Jason Witten and Michael Mayer right now in today's NFL— how 
does does Michael Mayer, do you see him being as successful as Jason Witten was in his career? Because now linebackers can run and yeah. cover. Yeah. Now you got guys, now you have safeties that can cover tight ends in the nickel. I think that the NFL has adjusted to a lot of these. Yeah. The like you were saying, that type of um, the type of tight end that is going to bounce off of you and yeah. stuff like that. You're looking for guys with a little bit more wiggle. So I wonder. That's my thing for him. Is do how much do you feel like he's going to be that type of player in, in this generation? Maybe Michael Merrick would have been just as fine in in 2003. You know, playing in that era than he is playing in today's and era. And I think he's going to have success. I yeah. think he's going to have success. I just, I that's my thing about him the, is there are people that can, people, defenses have adjusted to cover guys like that now. And yeah. that's what, that's the thing that makes me wonder about him. That's what life. happens when a Gronk changes the game. Right. Tracking. You find a way to yes. stop the Gronks Absolutely. of the world. You you find a way to stop the Wittens of the world. Now you got to find a way to stop the Travis yeah, and, Kelseys and the George and Kittles. And that's why you see the nickel being so dominant, like such a such a, a dominant way that defenses are coming out. Because yeah, like we saw in the in the playoffs, if you have a tight end that can get it done, it changes the whole scope of your offense. So yeah, yeah. go ahead, Brian. No, the the thing about it is Witten. On our board in 2003, had a 119, and that mean that was the last. He was player 19 on the board, is what he was. The problem was he was in a, he was in a draft where they had Dallas Clark and L.J. Smith and some others. More um, Mike Seidman was some guys that all went ahead of Witten at that time. It was a pretty for that time a pretty deep wide receiver draft, and he got to the third round. You know, you're kind of sitting there thinking, "Wow, how does that happen?" But I know on our board he was the last. He was the last player we had in the first round, and I think that I think on people's boards this guy is probably in that same same uh, vein. Whether you have him at fifteen or nineteen or whatever, I kind of feel like he's the last guy. But he, you're right; he doesn't look as smooth. He just doesn't. But you throw him the ball, he catches everything. Yeah. He makes he plays. Gets up, he makes plays. Yeah. So if if you're if he's not passing your eye test because he doesn't look like the guy at Kansas City or the guys at Philly or any of these other teams that have really outstanding tight ends, you know, I, I think you're kind of missing it on that. Yeah, he's he's one of to me. He's one of the um, tight end position last year was one of the first positions that I actually took the time to like actually study, start to understand. And there's a there's angles in that position yeah. and, and the way you shift your body into into slip tackles right. um and to get upfield and work the seams and one thing about him is that he has that already yeah. guys have to develop that right at the tight end position yeah. and that's it what takes, made Witten so good yes yeah. it takes time to get a feel for those splits and those hashes and, and when to turn your body when to to break that tackle because that that db is coming at flying that you're trying to make a tackle yeah i i feel like he has a natural feel for the position that a lot of the other guys don't have that make him a little bit more pro ready right. so he's a he's one of the safest picks in my opinion in this draft I don't and when i say that. safe i mean no. he's ready yeah. right and you can't knock that from yeah him. i don't think he's a bust is no. he is he necessarily going to be that elite top five tight end that you're drafting and hoping he is maybe not but i don't think i don't think there's any question that he's gonna be a good player yeah, i don't come think there's a whole bunch of upside yeah. in my opinion yeah. i don't know if the, i think that he he can improve a little bit more, but I think that with some of the basic tight end stuff, he's already ahead. I feel like what you get from him in the next couple of years might be what you get from him in the next. Is that what's what he might be at his ceiling right now? Then might yeah. be, yeah, might be. That's the risk you got to take. When we come back, 
We're going to take a look at Dane's seven-round mock draft. Most recent Dane Brugler seven-round mock draft on the Athletic. He took a tight end in the first round. Did he take Michael Mayer? Did he take Dalton Kincaid? Maybe he took one of those other tight ends that we haven't been talking about. We'll tell you who he took, and we'll kind of talk about the scenarios that could be at hand when we come back with more of the draft show. Miller Lite is the light beer brewed for people who love the taste of beer. For those who are always the first to volunteer for beer runs, who hit up tailgates for sports that they don't even like, and believe having a beer fridge in the garage is non-negotiable. It's a 96-calorie, 3.2-carb love letter to beer lovers who know that the best part of beer is the beer part. <sighs> Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin Beer. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're looking for a full-time or part-time job, check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at libertytax.com slash hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. This This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Miller time. Of course, this group will be... uh, Live for every pick of the draft starting on Thursday. We'll have Sean Sharif in here on out of the uh, the 105.3, the fan crew. He'll host things and then Good luck with him. get us through. We love Sean. I love Sean, he's, too. He's become a, a, a part-time member of he the He does an show. excellent job night one. Yes, he, he does. He really does. He, he is, he's the guy that he's like – he just he'll ask the questions he thinks the fans want to hear. Yeah, he he's really he's very inquisitive about. Is that the right word about? Yeah, he's that? inquisitive about about why would you take that guy or why would you why would they take this guy? You know, he's yeah. one of those guys. So I love it. He's going to put you on the spot. You should just be ready. Why? Because that's what he likes. Oh, to I do. gave him a scouting he report about you. He, he, you're big fine. Don't worry about no, it. No, you're you're going to crush Brian. it. I gave him a scouting report. Well, gonna, wait, what's the scouting report? Where would you have her? First round grade, I'll second you, round. You might, you might you might pull a you might pull a Mike Dick and trade up your whole draft. Just trade the whole draft. For <laughs> there you I go. am to please. <laughs> okay, that's so our girl. Let's let's get through Dane's seven round mock draft and what he Can took you do for in the five Cowboys. minutes. Yeah, we're going to try. Hurry, hurry. All right, so 26. He had players like Drew Sanders available. 
Adotamiwa Adabare from Northwestern available. Mozzie Smith, Brian Branch, Keon White. But he went with Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. We just talked about Michael Mayer. Pretty pretty good pick overall at 26 if that ends up being the selection. Of the guys you named, I'd have Mayer over all those guys. I would, too. I, to I have Murphy uh, as the best of that Oh, did bunch. he have Murphy available there? Did you say Murphy? Uh... Did I say Murphy? I, I thought Murphy. I thought you said Murphy. I thought he was the first guy. Is he not? No, no, it was not. Uh, Drew on. Sanders was the first guy. Maybe I just really wanted him to be there. <laughs> yeah, maybe, because he maybe is sliding. So. Sign a little I bit don't great. get it with Murphy. I got him as the 14th best player. I, I would take him if he was there. Miles uh, Murphy went 12 to the Houston Texans. You're right. So yeah. I've got I, I well, I got Kincaid as the best. Kincaid has gone too. Dang it. Yeah. What are Kincaid you looking at? Because I'm looking at something different to you. Art. How's your board? Uh, this one was posted. He had two of them. Mayor would be in, the best of the guys you mentioned. One was in March I got him and one was in April. He posted two different seven-round He got a lot of versatility. I think you're looking at March. Yeah. yeah. I bet you would have a lot of versatility in your tight end room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's pro- I think I'm just kidding. You're looking at the right person. one. I'm looking at Michaudis. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. This is my Get fault. Ready. Get ready, Aisha. There's uh, a lot of chaos apologize. for three days. I apologize. This is on it's, me. If Mayor, Mayor is the pick, Kyle. <laughs> You're wasting time. Don't Zach's the scouting you. report we're trading out. All right. Uh, Cowboys, 58. Cedric Tillman's there. Okay. Zach Charbonnet are there. Uh, is there. Julia Brent. Julius Brents is there, corner Kansas from State. Kansas State. Yeah, Tyreek Stevenson, corner from Miami. Tyler Scott, and he took Dayon Henley, linebacker there you from go. Washington State. I think I, I think I would have taken Henley too. I think Henley is the highest rated player amongst those for me. Yeah, it'd be tight between him and Charbonnet because I really do like Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. I would probably, knowing that you went tight end in the first round, mm. I would probably go Henley in the second round. It would there. be tight for me because of. Set between Cedric Tillman and him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see that. See, Charbonnet. Charbonnet is very close with Henley, and I love Charbonnet. I think he is. He's closer to Gibbs, in my opinion, than Gibbs is closer wow. to Robinson. Oh, I am not man. super I'm, high. On I'm very high on Charbonnet. I think he's he could be the Kenneth Walker of this draft that comes in. And where, do you, where do you have him? I, uh, I've actually got him at 45. Who, uh, Charbonnet? Yeah. I have him at 43, so I'm right there with you. So I do have him slightly ahead of Henley, but I think the drop-off at linebacker to me is way more steep than running back, exactly. which is fair. why I'd go Henley. That's, yes. that's fair. And, I mean, the things he can do in coverage, yo. Yeah. The things that Deion Henley can do in coverage, and he's just yeah. like a bat out of hell when, yeah. he's, when he's in the run game. Charbonnet. Brian hates Brian no, no, hate no, Charbonnet. No, no, no. Charbonnet, 56. Henley at 59, and then you mentioned Tillman at 63. Wow. That would be right there for me. It's close. Yeah, yeah you'd, oh, you'd have, a, you'd have a tough time with those. I got Tillman down at 97. Mm. Yeah, I've got Tillman a little. I'm not that far down. I will Tillman. say this, though. I went back and watched Tillman's 2021 tape. It is better than this. I think he Stop was, being a scout. He was dealing He was dealing with. You can tell. Like, the injury bug was kind of. It, it, it bothered you, didn't it? You it, had to go look at 21. No, it, it, it bothered me because Hell I didn't yeah, see it. it. Like, yeah. I didn't see it. People yeah. are gushing about. I'm like, dude, this guy looks slow. He's laboring out there. But he does look more explosive in 2021. I had Tillman at six. 65. I think I said that earlier when we were going through it. So, yeah, the value there, 58, is there. But I would take Dayon Henley, just like Dane did. All right. Into the third round at 90, the Cowboys picking. Luke Schumacher from Michigan is there. Tyler Steen, we talked about him in, in uh, a tackle guard flex, possibly, out of Alabama. Jaden Reed, wide receiver from Michigan State. Israel Abandaconda, wide, or running back from Pitt. Jalen Duncan, 
offensive tackle from Maryland, also Rasheed Rice from SMU, and well, he, Carter we'll, Warren. We'll eliminate Schoomaker because we've already taken a tight end, right? Yep, you can take him out. He Rashid. took Anthony Bradford, offensive guard out of That's LSU. what I'm talking about, Dane. Uh, yeah. I'm, Go I'm Tigers. To- I'm not. I'm for it. I love the pick. I love pick you 89. You don't get a, a guard early. Anthony Bradford's my guy. I'm not going to fight you. Although, out of those, Rasheed Rice was my Go best Tigers. player. Mm, okay. Do you like the pick with Anthony Bradford, Aisha? Taking deep I'm breaths torn. over there. I'm torn between he and Tyler Steen. Okay. I'm t- I'm very torn between those two. I, I, You're not wrong. They're all in the same boat. I'm I really not, like Jalen Duncan, excited. too. Duncan, You're not excited about I have Bradford? higher than Bradford, so I don't disagree, but I, I think Bradford no, you're, you're is a plug-and-play guard. I tell you what, Bradford at 89 for me, Steen at 92, it's really throw a blanket over him. I mean, I understand. You guys have Steen ahead of Duncan? Yes. Uh, yes. Because I need to see a little bit more from Jalen. Okay. Oh, no. I Actually, I have Duncan at 77. I have Steen at 89. Yeah, I got, I got good yeah, picks. Behind, I am behind him, yeah. I got him right behind him. But that for me, with Jalen Duncan, it's just because I just I – think, I, I think I just need to see a little bit more from him. Okay. okay. We might only get one more. 129, fourth round. Wanye Morris from Oklahoma is there. Offensive tackle. Pass. Zach Kuntz. From Old Dominion, we got a tight, tight end already. Yep, Zach Evans, running back from Ole Miss, who was a thirty visit. Luke Weipler, center mm. from Ohio State. Demarvian mm. Overshone, linebacker from Texas. Dylan Horton, linebacker from TCU. Those were the final picks of the fourth round, and Dane elected to go with Tyler Lacey. Oklahoma State interior defensive lineman. He's been rumored to be. Jeez, I've got that guy in the sixth round. Man, that's that's rich for me. That's way too high. That's for rich. Me. Okay. That's rich for me. Yeah, Wipler. Tell me about him. What do you think about him? <laughs> I'm more interested. Well, I have to pull him up here real quick. Oh, I mean, man. go ahead. You got him, Zach. You got him real yeah, quick. Yeah, I'll grab him. I'll grab him. Don't worry. Filibuster for me. I got he, him. He's kind of. I, he's really an edge, is what he is. Yes. And oh, he, I have a fifth. I have a. Fifth round grade on. So uh, he's he's a local guy from Saxe. He yeah. has good size for the po- uh, position, long arms, which he uses to his advantage to fight off blocks. He can shed and crash down the line to make plays first the run. He's got a good feel for where the ball is, good swim move, gets most of his pressure when he kicks inside, though. Mm. So I think he could be a defensive tackle at the yeah. next level, kind of what the Cowboys did with Chauncey Golston. Uh, he does get tired and worn down, though. Like yep. You watch him against K-State, they start to push him around a little bit. Not super explosive, and he plays with high pad level sometimes. You're absolutely right. I don't see a guy that has a lot in the tool belt when it comes to being a pass rusher. I think he kind of rushes and tries to figure it out along the way. Mm. So he's going to have to be taught up for that. Power, effort, all that stuff's really good. He'll chase the ball active when he can. He'll finish. I thought he was a pretty good tackler in open space, but I, I kind of feel like there's a, there's a lot that you have to you have to teach him in order for him to be successful. Yeah, I think uh, that's exactly where I'm at. I say technicalities to his game have kept him under the radar, but appear to be fixable in the right system. He's athletic enough to think about moving outside to play maybe as a five technique, but he fits better inside. Ideal size and versatility for defensive tackle, but he's he's just very technically inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And read the other names just to read the names. Uh, the oh for the yeah, for the for draft. For okay, uh, one sixty nine in the fifth round. Jake Moody, kicker from okay. Michigan, like it. Went and got your kicker mm-hmm. uh, at two twelve in the sixth round. You go get your quarterback. Houston's Clayton Toon. Like it? There you go. At 212, I would love that pick. I'm very high on Clayton Toon. Grimacing right now. I'm not grimacing. I was (laughs) just making a face. (laughs) Can we get Tank Dell with him? That would be nice. Uh, (laughs) Like a grimace. I'm higher on Tank Dell than what I think y'all are. I'm a big fan of Dell. I would agree with that. Uh, That's their final pick, right? They don't have a. 
another one after that. At okay. least I can't find it. Oh, no, they did. Darrell Johnson, edge from Liberty, is the seventh-round pick. Ooh, that'd be a great pick in the seventh round. Yes, it is. Hunting some traits. You might be stealing somebody right Ooh. there. Hunting some traits. How yeah. about that? All right, that does it for the draft show. Good news. We're back tomorrow. There we go. We've got more shows throughout the week. Every day this week, we've got the draft show. We're just getting started. We'll have Bobby back tomorrow, too. So we'll be at full strength starting at 11 a.m. Central dropping that ass, Aisha. Very nice. For Chris Beam, for Brian Brada, (laughs) Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison, I'm Kyle Hillman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on the draft show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?